Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Mickey Blog Podcast. Today we are celebrating Star Wars and all things Star Wars on this episode. So if you don't like Star Wars, honestly, I I don't know how you're going to get through this. But you know what? We got two people okay. on the podcast who really don't right. know anything. We're here. So. <laughs> we're going to be helpful to the people yeah, that don't like Star Wars. perspective yes. on Star Wars and everything Star Wars at Disney from two people who just have no idea what's going on. So it's going to be really nice. Hey, we know what's going on at Disney, just not in the movies. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Anyways, point is, is that... Yesterday, at the point of this podcast, you know, being out, being that uh, every episode of the Mickey Blog podcast drops on Friday. Um, yesterday was May the 4th. If you'd like to check out some of our coverage for that day, definitely head over to the blog or the YouTube channel and everywhere else to go check some of that out. But regardless, we do have a guest on today. Um, you know, I would say special guest, but, uh, you know, we know I'm just special. He's just, he's, <laughs> he he's special. our special guest. But I'm, I'm, essentially, I'm special L if you want to go with that. Hey, that, that's true. <laughs> so before we get into that, I just want to mention, as I always do, that this episode and every episode of the Mickey Bod Podcast is brought to you by Mickey Travels. We'll get into more about them later on, as we always do. But our fellow reporter, Mickey Bog Parks reporter Ed Williams, is joining the Mickey Bog Podcast today. And he is quite easily among our biggest Star Wars fans. We could not think of anybody better for this specific episode uh, to talk all things Star Wars and celebrate May the 4th, which is obviously this week. And frankly, lots of Star Wars fans sort of celebrate the entire month as Star Wars month. Um, So we just felt it was too timely not to talk about Star Wars. And I brought Ed (laughs) into the episode as backup because uh, otherwise it would just basically be an hour of me talking into the void which I just don't know how much people would be interested in, to be honest with you. So we're gonna we're gonna try to try to not do that. We're gonna we're gonna try to talk to we're gonna have other people talk instead of just Jared for the next hour. So it's gonna be great. Gonna how be great. are all three of you guys doing? Good. Good. Happy Star Wars Day and month, yeah. I guess. Apparently that's like a thing. A whole Who month. Knew? A whole month. Yes. All right. Star Wars every day. Just just deal with it. Every day is Star Wars day <laughs> for, for you all. For Ed, it is. I mean, if you're not watching this episode, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify or whatever platform you get your podcasts on, you can't see Ed's background, but the amount of Star Wars items and the background of Ed's screen right now um, is just so uh, impressive. Um it's incredible. So, so yeah, just be aware of that. It, I almost implore you to go on YouTube. <laughs> See, he's showing us even more. I almost implore you to go on YouTube oh, just to check my. this out because this yeah. is the most insane Star Wars collection I've ever seen, really, in my life. It's incredible. I, I can't even. I can't even turn my, my computer's a desktop, so I can't even turn the computer around to like show you my lightsabers that are up on the wall. And that's amazing. So, well, but no, there, there's it's it's an entire office filled with years of collecting yeah it's uh, it's no joke over there that's for sure so let's jump right into it obviously star wars was a part of the lucasfilm acquisition back in 2012 when disney led by bob Iger at the time uh and you know still currently bob Iger, but at the time bob Iger led the charge on purchasing lucasfilm with the idea in mind to not just make new star wars films but to bring Star Wars to the parks in a more expansive way. But the story of Star Wars and the Disney parks dates back a lot further than that. So basically, um, the partnership dates back to the 80s. Star Tours first opened in Disneyland back in 1987, which if you haven't seen, I'm not sure if you guys have. I really enjoyed it. But did you guys watch like Behind the Attraction on Disney Plus? There's a whole show basically that dives deep into how each attraction was made by the Imagineers. Yeah, I've seen some of them, but I don't think I've seen all of them. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine why you two saw the Star Tours one and was like, yeah, it's okay. But basically... (laughs) That was probably probably the first one they went to. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, They're just trying to get it out of the way. Um, But but Uh essentially, Star Tours for its time was revolutionary. Um, The technology that the Imagineers put together to bring that to the park 
didn't exist. They, they were over in Europe when they invented each one of those modules, essentially, um, worked directly with um, same type of engineers that work for NASA to develop technology that can move like that and, and you know, make it safe and, and everything. So it was really incredible for its time, which is no surprise from George Lucas's perspective, because George Lucas, it, regardless of how famous he is for creating Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all of these things, I feel like I'm giving Kristen and Jesse like a history lesson. Um, <laughs> you are. I feel like I'm learning no, over here. Hey, we joke all the time. Take this notes. Is literally, <laughs> we joke all the time. This is literally Star Wars like 101. Yeah. For, this is yeah. exactly. We're, we're bringing Kristen and Jesse and our listeners, for our <laughs> listeners who aren't Star Wars fans, to Star Wars school right now. But essentially, uh, <laughs> You know, this is a deep dive into the history of Star Wars in Disney, and then we're going to get into Galaxy's Edge and our favorite parts of Star Wars in Disney. But to finish sort of my tirade on George Lucas and the history of the Disney parks, um, dating back to 87, that's when Star Tours first opened in Disneyland. It then made its debut in Tokyo and Walt Disney World in 1989. The ride was updated to travel to endless different Star Wars locations in 2011 in Walt Disney World and, and these other locations. Beyond that, the Jedi Training Academy was brought to uh, the parks around 2007, which existed for a long time. That was super fun and unique um, for kids to train to be a Jedi. I used to joke that my retirement job would be like a Jedi trainer. Um, And 2015, Launch Bay opened at Disney's Hollywood Studios, which is a home for Star Wars characters that don't affect the timeline of Batuu and Galaxy's Edge. Um, and then, of course, Galaxy's Edge opened in August of 2019 with the uh, Galactic Star Cruiser opening up in 2022. Beyond that, George Lucas also helped bring Indiana Jones ride to Disneyland in March 1995 and the stunt show to Walt Disney World in 1989. And starting in 1997, May and June would become Star Wars season at Disney's MGM Studios at the time with Star Wars Weekend, which was a very popular thing Um and I remember that. Yeah, it was a it was very popular, yeah, and back then that. they even had Mark Hamill and Billy D. Williams sort of meeting guests in the park. So it was like a celebration, almost like a comic con for Star Wars. Yeah, I was gonna say on yeah. the it weekends. was a con before the con. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I remember happen. you used to go in, and they'd have like the stormtroopers up on the gates there in Hollywood Studios, and it was like. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it it honestly was very cool. I wish I got to experience more of it. Um, Unfortunately, I was I was too young uh, and just didn't go during those time periods. But it was very popular time. And then, of course, beyond that, George Lucas, being that he's a Californian, also uh, a Modesto native, uh, went to Disneyland on opening week in July of 1955. That's a fun fact. He was only 11 years old at the time, and he made a, obviously the park made a huge impression on him. And famously, uh, it's known that he wasn't, wasn't as impressed as he thought he would be at Tomorrowland, which one, he's 11. So like, what? But also hilarious to think about because obviously what he created in the existence and then one of his you know, actual attractions came to Tomorrowland specifically. So I think so it's pretty cool. I don't mean to cut you off, Jared, but I feel like Tomorrowland when Disneyland opened really wasn't that impressive. Like if you look at some of the footage, it's like, you know, yeah, a big clock, you know, (laughs) a star jet. It's it. Yeah. The it's a little. Yeah. No, I mean, that is true. I didn't, I didn't really think of it that way. Um, and and frankly, Star Tours obviously has seen like upgrades over the years. Um, yes. I'm not I'm sure. Did Kristen, did you get to experience Star Tours like pre the updates in 2011? I'm sure you have. Yeah, I went on it back in 1989. Like I remember um, my parents were in Disney for something, probably like my dad, dad's work. And then they came back and they were like, there's this crazy new ride. So like then on our family vacation, I remember going and it, just like you said, I mean, it was revolutionary at the time, you know, and, um, you know, there's still certain things that I like quote from that ride in my daily life, you know, light speed to Endor. I'll say if someone's driving really fast (laughs) and DJ Rex, like, well, you know, this is my first flight or your first flight, but it's mine too. Like there's so many iconic things out of that original attraction that when they redid it, like, even though, again, I'm not a star Wars person, like a non star Wars person, you know, I was kind of bummed that they got yeah. rid of some of that. So I don't know, Jesse, you're not a Star Wars person. What do you? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely rode the ride, you know, pre-change. Um, I liked it more when I was younger because my motion sickness yeah. has changed Same. since being little to now. Now I can't really look at it. I can listen to it and close my eyes and the motion doesn't bother me, but it's like the actual looking yeah. at the screen while the motion is going, I just get sick. So, you know, post 2011, me can't that really anymore. watch it, can't really ride it anymore, but it was a fun ride when I used to go on it and I was able to enjoy it. So yeah. it was cool. Again, the technology, like it was so advanced back then. I was like, this is neat. Like it was one of those yeah. first rides that was like the motion with the movie at the same time. Yeah, I so. remember being a kid and being like, how did they do that? <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah cool. me too. I know. See, what's funny is Kristen's a Star Wars fan without even knowing she's a Star Wars fan because one of her favorite people in Magic Kingdom was actually part of the ride originally overseas. Which one? Sonny. Really? Was in Star Wars? He was. His actual robotics was used for a character. I should have wore a Sonny shirt. Oh, my gosh. So he Mine. is actually part of the Star Whoa. Wars galaxy. His there's a if you look online, there's like a whole backstory on it. Basically, that's his retirement. Wow. <laughs> I I gotta look that up now. Oh. I never well, knew. Now, I had no idea. Now we need a movie yeah. or a TV show in the Star Wars universe to like put Sonny. Yeah, in showing him. Even, yeah, even if I need they a backstory. Like put him in the background or something like what? Yeah, fun little cameo. Tell me that like. Backstory. I need the one on one on the Sunny in yeah, the Star Wars. I mean, they, you know. they did the same thing here with Rex because DJ Rex is yes. Rex from Star Tours. Yeah. Which a lot of people that don't I even know. realize when they go in there, they're like, who's this droid? Like, they're so used to R2 and C3PO and yeah. Yeah. droids you it's see in the Rex. movies that they're like, yeah, they're like, who is this? I'm like, so obviously so with funny. the with the differences when Star Tours changed in 2011, we saw Rex go away as we were just talking about. Yeah. C-3PO came into the picture where C-3PO was now bringing you on this journey. And they had just dozens and dozens of different journeys you could take, basically, where they bring you to different planets and different sections of Star Wars history, different time periods. You know, if and you can always tell um, from the first like 30 seconds of the ride like which time period at least you're going to be in because either you you can you can tell (laughs) let me me explain here uh kylo ren who is the villain of the new three films will pop up if you're going to go into that time period darth vader will pop up if you're going to go into that time period like it's still the villain who shows up at the beginning and they're getting ready to add more because they're going to add more of the universe now to it's they're talking about yeah, exactly. So have Mando, Y'all are talking Mando, Star Wars. To me. You're gonna have the Mandoverse and all that kind of stuff pop up too. So there's even more options. Exactly. So that's essentially the story of at least Star Tours in the early history of how Star Wars even came to these theme parks. Now, next we get to post 2012, and we'll get into Galaxy's Edge, and then of course on the second half of the episode, we're going to talk about what we specifically like about Galaxy's Edge. So that our listeners, the next time they go to Hollywood Studios or go on the Star Cruiser or go to Disneyland, will know some of the things they're going to want to check out. Obviously, check out Star Tours regardless because we just spoke about it. And a quick mention, I do want to give a shout out to Disneyland because every single year they turn Space Mountain into Hyperspace Mountain, which is a fully Star Wars themed Space Mountain, essentially. And it adds Star Wars music. And as a Star Wars fan, I wrote it for the first time last year. And when I went on, I was like, what? Like, I, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever because like. It just made it, sense. It really did. And it goes on for like a month. They yeah. just announced it for this year for Disneyland. And it goes on for like the next month. And um, it's very cool. Um, but either way, let's jump on to a few other topics here. Um, so it's not just Jared giving a history lesson. Because I'm sure most of our <laughs> listeners right now are like, gosh, when is this guy going to shut up? <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. Let's jump into some more topics in which I talk a lot. So, uh, <laughs> obviously, we're celebrating May the 4th this week, and uh, Ed and I covered it all from start to finish at uh, Hollywood Studios. Again, go check out that content if you'd like. But every single year, May the 4th is celebrated now at the Disney parks, not just at Disneyland, but obviously at Hollywood Studios, 
where you have new merchandise, which is typically available via a virtual queue. You'll have exclusive treats, snacks, sippers, buckets, everything in between. This, yeah, this it. year they have Cal Kestis, his lightsaber being available at Doc Undar's. And then, you know, we're going to have coverage of all of it. So I, with the May 4th celebrations, like, do you guys think this is like, I mean, obviously Disney celebrates, you know, the parks celebrate things year round. Um, but as like an outside perspective looking in, Jesse and Kristen, like, do you guys, uh, you know, what do you think about this kind of thing? I, do you think it brings that extra magic to fans? Because it's like something that didn't exist, you know, not so long ago. And now every year it's like a big event at Disney World. Yeah, I really love it. I think, like like I said, I mean, we're not Star Wars people, but we appreciate Star Wars. And I appreciate, you know, the Galaxy's Edge and what they actually do to it for the actual land. Um, and physically in Disney World, how you said they have the, the treats, the sippers, the snacks. Yeah. Um, you know, they do different merchandise. And it's just a fun thing to participate in. Um, it's, I mean, it's like a Mother's Day, a Father's Day. Like, yeah, it's a new thing for Disney, but I mean, it's, it's a Star Wars day for all the Star Wars fans. And if you want to be there and participate, that's awesome. If you're not able to, there's people like us who are able to get that coverage for you and you can watch it with us and celebrate with us, even though you're not there. Um, so I think that's really special too. Yeah. Anytime that there's like new sippers or new, I mean, like people lose their minds and like, hi, Jesse and I are people. It doesn't matter like what it is. You know, her and I were texting before about the you know, Timon Sipper, like it, it doesn't matter. What it is, it's something yeah. new and it's something super themed and like, it's just fun and it's fun whether you are super into it or you're not. Yeah. And it's special for a limited time. It's not something that stays around all year long. You know, typically the merchandise will run out, the sippers will run out and you're like, I was there 2023, may the fourth be with you. Like, this is my souvenir for that. And it's a nice memory to just look back on as well. So I, again, I think it's really cool. I like celebrating the little things and I love how Disney does celebrate the little things, not to say Star Wars is little, but you know, it's a a one day thing, but it's great. It's true. So Ed, do you have anything in particular that, you know, really stuck out to you for this year for May the 4th um, in regards to the celebration? And also um, as a massive Star Wars fan, like, you know, obviously there's a lot of debate since 2012 on whether, Disney has improved the brand of Star Wars versus, you know, maybe not so much that we're not going to get into that tirade yeah. because uh, that could lead to some high, high <laughs> corner debates. Uh, but Too but regardless, like um, what, like as a kid growing up at, there's a lot of this stuff that didn't exist for you at the Disney parks. So now that it's here and now that it's such a grand celebration, especially with Galaxy's Edge, like, what makes it special to you, I guess, is what I'm asking. I'll tell you like this. The first time I walked in Hollywood Studios, and this is back when they just had the parades going on, and they marched down the street, I literally turned into a little kid. My, <laughs> my kids still make fun of me because of how I acted. I was like the biggest child running around trying to get pictures, trying to get videos, trying to see these characters that normally you would not see any other way, shape, or form. So it was kind of just an entire like childhood brought to life literally in front of my eyes, like in no time flat. Like they just, I mean, I saw Boba Fett and like freaked out. Like I ran up asking for photos and videos. And this is back before he couldn't do it. Yeah. So uh, for our listeners out there, Ed's little child is clearly a big fan of Star Wars too, because he uh, keeps running in and wanted to talk about it. So, um, it's a family affair over there. It, it, it is a family. I, affair. I mean, I feel like if you're a, a child of Ed's and you see that room, like, do you have a choice in the matter of being a Star Wars fan? I feel no. like it's like a, a no. part of your childhood culture or something. Strangely know. enough, though, my five year old big into Star Wars. Don't know where he got it from because I mean, my husband and I are not Star Wars people, but specifically droids. He really loves a droid. <laughs> yeah the droids are really cool i will agree with ed though the imperial marches like those were so cool i again not being a star wars person like you see these big people walking down the street you're like what is this and the the music is just so fun like 
I absolutely love it. It was cool. I miss them, actually. Yeah, yeah I I, uh, I totally agree, Jesse. I think, you know, what's cool about, um, you know, that, that's almost the thing that I wish Star Wars and Disney would almost like merge together. Like I wish some yeah. of the good stuff that used to happen, whether it's between Star Wars weekends or those, the old Star Wars show on the stage or the Imperial March. I wish that stuff would be more around now with Galaxy's Edge because my biggest complaint and my biggest like thing that I struggle with with Galaxy's Edge as such a Star Wars fan is like you're you're limiting yourself to a very specific era of Star Wars, um, which Star Wars is expands thousands of years really. So to limit yourself to only a you know five to ten year time period here is tough because there's so many characters from all these films and shows that in my opinion would be amazing to see walk around galaxy's edge you know where yeah. comparatively if you compare it to avengers campus out in disneyland that's how it is out there disneyland yeah. they have every marvel character whether they're dead or alive just roaming around yeah you know? i have I a question that. for I, I, the star wars people so like okay. now they have um question for the star wars folks they have uh the mandalorian and like baby yoda walking around and i think they have boba fett out in disneyland right Bro, so like Bro, how do they grogu he has a name grogu okay. how do they like like what is that the same timeline like how do they like no. wedge that in there and make it make All sense right. so the way they've done it now is mando and grogu hang out in the marketplace they go from like where the lightsaber they used to have the, where the doors are back in that little area where the umbrellas sit mm-hmm. they go from the door there to the door in the marketplace just past the bathroom and that's all they go the other day i actually saw them go past that a little bit and kind of do a circle out and then come back but that's the area they stay. Um, Kylo and the stormtroopers and all that stay towards the end where his ship is and the Falcon, but they come out more towards the front. Same with Ray, but they never come out at the same time because mm. they're in different time periods. So they just like ignore that fact. Okay. They're just like, yeah, we'll exactly. just keep them separate. And then maybe people yeah, they just, they don't bring them out. They don't bring them out at the yeah. same time. So you don't ever see them at the same time is the whole thing of it all. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So what's interesting about that too, Kristen, is, you know, when you, um, it, like that to me as a Star Wars fan doesn't logically make sense. Like I, I just, just either do one or the other, you know, right. um, because there's so many Star Wars characters that are, um, popular from all different eras. And so that's really what they're claiming launch bay is for. So launch mm-hmm. bay, you can go over to and meet um darth vader and various different star wars characters that are not supposed to be around during the era of you know galaxy's edge okay. um, so that's how they work around yeah. it okay that makes well, i have sense. another question but isn't chewy though like isn't he in launch bay and isn't he also in galaxy's edge or am i imagining yes thing? he he is and again this is what i struggle with here i i love i love star wars i love for the most part what disney's done with it and i love that i get to go to a star wars themed land make no mistake about it i yeah. still get amazed when i get to see the falcon but yeah. um i think the time period thing is the one real gripe i have with galaxy's yeah. edge and i'm certainly not okay. alone because most star wars fans i talk to feel the same way like I have no issues with the two at, at all. I think it's a beautiful land. I think the it's designed really well. My yeah. issues lie strictly on not being able to utilize all the characters, which I think, again, Avengers Campus does an amazing job with. So it, it, See, for, me, yeah. for me, I think that, like you said, I think they should use the launch bay area to open up for more. Like, yeah. let more be in there. Because you have a young Chewbacca. Yeah. It's Whereas true. you have old Chewbacca hanging out in Galaxy's Edge. Well, so, that's I mean, what I was just asking. Like, how do they how do they make that work? Yeah, you're contradicting yourself anyway because yeah. you have that, and then you don't want to see Kylo in the same place as Darth Vader, which I get. But yeah, now you have what used to be that gorgeous shop in the front that had all the merchandise and all the stuff from the movie props and all, just sitting there empty. Why yeah. not convert it? 
Yeah, so but a few more meet. That's crazy. And beyond that, with Star Tours, Star Tours can really exist during almost any era because uh, C-3PO lived the entire time. So, yeah. and it goes to different eras and different time periods. So it's kind of weird that you have like the Star Wars section and Tatooine Traders, and then it's like Muppet Vision, and then it's like Star Wars Land again. Like that. Yeah. yeah. I always thought that was I weird. Always... There's like a the Muppets... In the well, middle. I remember when they announced that they were doing a Star Wars land, my first thought was like, oh my god, that's the end of Muppets, because they're obviously going to build that land where Star Tours is now. And then it was like, no, no, we're getting rid of Streets of America and doing all this other stuff. And then I was like, so so Star Tours is still, is still but then you have a whole, like, I don't, yeah. the, I under, like, I get it, but I'm also questioning that whole thought process like you're gonna have a star wars ride that's just a ride and then we're gonna have this like totally and they i mean in disneyland it's the same thing right because star tours is still there in tomorrowland and then yeah. and then galaxy's yeah. edge is in there disneyland park so i make it make sense star yeah, wars people make it make sense it's a really it's it's really confusing and frankly i wish i had some answers for you but we're gonna dive more into galaxy's edge in detail on the second half of the show before we do that I'm going to mention, as I always do, that this episode of the Mickey Bog Podcast and every episode is brought to you by Mickey Travels. And Mickey Travels is a nationally recognized leader in Disney vacation planning. They are diamond earmarked by Disney and their services are always 100% free. Reach out to Mickey Travels today for a free quote on your Disney vacation at mickeytravels.com. That's mickeytravels.com, making magic one vacation at a time. Now, obviously, uh, when it comes to these lands and beyond that, I'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention the Star Cruiser. Uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser is obviously the newest of these Star Wars, um, you know, essentially attractions because it's hard to call it a hotel. So obviously all four of us, none of us have actually been on the Star Cruiser, so it's hard for us to speak upon for experience, but please do check out the many resources out there on the many people who have check back, check back in June though. That'll change. That's true. Yeah, that's right. That'll be go. going on in June. Um, regardless, I did want to mention a little bit more detail about how the Star Cruiser works because it is it is very important for for those of us who um who who want to learn more about it because you know it's it's brand new and it's it's extremely it's extremely cool, to be honest with you. Um, and I do hope to eventually uh, go on board. So essentially, the Star Cruiser is technically a resort, but it's it's more of an experience is what many people in the industry and many people who have uh, gone on it describe it as. It takes place on a spaceship called the Holocron Star Cruiser, which is orbiting above the planet of Batu. That's how it sort of connects into Batu. The Galactic mm -hmm. Star Cruiser. Oh, that. interesting. Yeah. I didn't so either. it's supposed to be flying above Batu, the planet. Which so, makes sense because then they have the okay. excursions to Batu. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That makes it so sense. much sense. Why don't people explain I this know, beforehand? That's pretty cool. So, and then on top of that, <laughs> Star Cruiser is essentially a two-night live-action role-playing adventure. That's what it's described as, where guests get to act as characters within unique storylines that take place both on the ship and at Black Spire Outpost, of course, at Batu. Um, beyond that, guests are supposed to be dressed in the appropriate garb as they call it uh deemed cohesive with the star wars universe and the choices they make during the experience dictate how their experience actually will go so this is very immersive you don't get to just take a second and hey i'm gonna go hang out by the star wars pool that's not how this works this is this yeah. is a mission you got two days you're you're in it the whole time so beyond that there's obviously lots of unique food and drinks um and although it is priced very highly um, uh, they are offering lots of deals right now. Again, reach out to our friends at Mickey Travels if you'd ever like to experience or book that. But um, beyond that, everybody that I've actually spoken to, Star Wars fans, non-Star Wars fans that have experienced it, have said it blew them away. So that's, that's pretty crazy to me because I remember, as I'm sure you do too, when they first announced like the pricing and all the info, the, the internet, especially the Disney internet, went crazy because everybody was like, what like <laughs> that it's that much yeah and yeah for I'm two just, nights it's like it is it, it, it's like do i want to go to college or go on the star cruiser <laughs> but <laughs> like college yeah. galactic star cruiser no but 
But that's the thing. That's what's so incredible to me, and this is why it's so hard to ever doubt Disney. You know? Look, I'm going to tell you like this. If you are a Star Wars fan or you're not a Star Wars fan, if you ever want to go anywhere that you can play with lightsabers and they tell you you have to hold one of these to do it behind the people, that's the only place you're going to do it. Because that's what these are. That's great. They give you this to protect you while you're doing training with the lightsaber if you're not using the lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's so cool. But, I do really want to go to that hotel, though. It just sounds amazing. Yeah. But until I mean, until they started putting those out in the parks for deals, things like that. There's items. There's certain merchandise. There's certain ears. I think that you can only get there on in the hotel yeah. on the there's, ship. I mean, there's hilts that you can only get yeah. there. There's special deals on Shop Disney mm-hmm. that you have to have a reservation okay. to even order. Also, a lot you of a special magic pan, wow. unique drinks and food that you can only yeah. get. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there there's all kind yes. of. I mean. The cost effectiveness of it, yeah, it's expensive, but so's a cruise, and you get all the same kind of stuff with the cruise. Yeah, it's more like so a it's cruise. Kind of the if you look at it like a cruise, it, that's basically what it is. I feel yeah. like you that's have true. to be a certain type of person, though. Like, I don't know that me personally could kind of get into that. Like, you wear the Star Wars garb and you play along, and it's like very interactive. Like, yeah. I don't know that, that, like, I would like to go, but I wouldn't want to be involved in any of that stuff. I, w- I would do the lightsaber yeah. thing, and like, I don't know, I have like social yeah, anxiety. So, like, a big character coming to talk, yeah. I'd be like, no, no, I'm out. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> besides, besides the lightsaber, they have like, you can go up, there's a game where it's basically like a video game almost based setup where you're on the bridge of the ship yes, and you're I've in the middle that. of a battle. That I would um, do. They have things where you go in and do little like rooms kind of with clues and stuff where you have to do certain things they tell you to fix stuff or do things that do. So, I mean, there's little games along the way. But, yeah, the interactive thing is basically if you want to create a storyline for yourself. There's people that go hardcore into this and make their own outfits, their own name, backstory everything and go full bore into it as if they were in a movie so that's what i'm asking is it like a choose your own adventure type thing like you could get as involved or as like i could sit by the star wars pool if i wanted to sort of thing (laughs) i've I've talked to people that have done it both ways like the one person was hardcore into it and the other person that went with them wasn't and they just kind of hung out and checked out the resort and did whatever while the other one was out like interacting with the you know characters around well, see, this That's is why like, I would yeah, call yeah, the it, travels agent if I decided to go because I would be like, oh, I, uh, want, yeah. I want my level of involvement to be I don't here. Know guys, I know. I don't know if you guys remember back in the day um, or if this was like a special thing when I was a kid, but it's like a blip that just like popped into my head. But you used to be able to go on a cruise ship and like tour it for a couple of hours and they would feed you breakfast. Does anybody no, know what no I'm talking idea. about? I kind of remember them doing it with certain cruise ships were getting into business. Yeah. So I know they did it with Royal Caribbean. That's the one we always went on when I was a kid. Um, Again, it's just like this little blip that just popped into my brain. But I wish they did something like that with the Star Wars Mm -hmm. Hotel because I want to see the inside of it. Do I need the interactives and the spending thousands of dollars to be there for two nights? No, I don't need all of that. I just want to see what it looks like. Show me a little glimpse of it. Let me hang out there for an hour, two hours max. Give me a little bit of food. I'll pay, you know, a small price instead of thousands of dollars. Just give me a little taste of it. Maybe I'd actually yeah. want to spend the big money to go and be there for two nights. But I'm not going to spend that money and then be like, oh, well, I know nothing about Star Wars. So why am I going to, Yeah, you know, I, I, I want to see possible. it. I do. It sounds I think amazing. Well, that's coming though. I, I think, yeah. That would be really cool. And if not that, I do think um, I've always said what's smart about the Holocron, I will give Disney a lot of credit for this, is based on its location and based on how it's set up, if they ever decide to take away the two-night thing or if they ever decide to transform it, it's very easy to transform it into a Star Wars-themed resort that gives you walkable entry into into yep. Galaxy's Edge. I mean, same same deal as like the Grand Californian in Disneyland where you can walk into California Adventure yep. through that side entrance. You could essentially have that same sort of setup with Galaxy's Edge, and that's part of the incentive. It's like you don't get mm-hmm. to just enter Hollywood Studios. You can enter through Galaxy's Edge. Like that's 
how it's set up. And I do think that it's possible someday, maybe it turns into something like that, which, which, which would be be cool cool. because then you're paying more like a nightly rate and something like that. I mean, I'm not saying that's, what's going to happen. I, I hope the star cruiser exists long-term and I hope it's extremely successful. I, I, I'm always rooting for Disney and rooting for star Wars, but I do think it's, it's smart for them the way they've set it up where you totally can set it up that way. But it's very exclusive. Yeah. yeah. So beyond that, let's move on to galaxy's edge specifically. We talked about star tours. We talked about some of the previous adventures and previous experiences. We did get into the holocron and now to get into the main portion of the episode, we're going to talk about galaxy's edge and everything to do with it. Um, because this is obviously the Mecca or the main sort of, you know, land and and main portion of star wars that takes place at the disney park so for for i guess i'm gonna ask you two first because um you guys were walked into the park or walked into this land um you know again not being a huge star wars nerd (laughs) as as ed and i are what was your guys first reaction to the land and what was your like feelings on it especially as someone walking in without a lot of you know passion specifically for star wars like as a just theme park fan and as an observer and as an outside observer or a fan in general what was your guys reaction to walking into galaxy's edge for the first time yeah um for me i was a full-time cast member at the time so i actually got to do that whole thing where you can do a cast member exclusive preview Um, And I was able to take my boyfriend, now fiance, and it was nice because we got to bring a guest and I walked in and you had like a time limit. So I was able to get one during the day and one at night so that I could see both. Um, He had the nighttime, I had the daytime and you were actually able to go into Oga's cantina also. So it was so cool because when you walked in, it was just it, it was incredible. I mean, there's spaceships everywhere. There's all these weird noises. Like I was like what am I looking at? It's amazing to see something that you have no idea what it is. And I'm like, what's that spaceship called? Oh, that's a Millennium Falcon. I know that one. Oh, that's BB-8. Or, you know, I, you know, I know the basic Star Wars. I know basic commands and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, not knowing what anything was and just walking in and I was like, does this look like the movie? And then I'm Googling, like, what does Galaxy Edge looks like? Like, what does it look like? And I'm like, wow it looks exactly (laughs) so for me it was just amazing i thought it was the coolest thing um and then you know it was a smaller crowd because it was a cast member event which was really cool so i got to kind of get that little special feel for it i cannot remember the first time i walked in as a normal guest um but it wasn't as amazing because it was a lot more crowded (laughs) yeah yeah i feel like it's kind of i liken it to Pandora for me like I don't really care about the franchise so much but I appreciate the artistry and the work and the theming the detail the detail and personally like I'm a fan of anywhere I can go where I don't feel like I'm in my normal life so like if I can be transported for like a half hour and feel like I am on another planet and be surrounded by that intense level of theming, right? Like there's it's, it's its own language. They don't they say bright suns and I mean Jesse, you have that sprite bottle. Like even the the you know the food and the drink are so custom and so themed that you don't feel not only do you not feel like you're in Disney World, but mission accomplished. You do feel like you're on another planet somewhere. So you anytime do. that happens. Like, sign, I don't care where, sign me up, I'm going, I'll hang out, I'll do the, the, the thing. Um, so that that's what I love and appreciate about it. And then, like I said, my five-year-old now is, like, super into droids specifically. But then, yes, the whole, like, the ships and everything. So the first time he got to I go mean, and see it was, like, again, right? We've talked about this on the podcast before. As a parent, you look at it not for what it is, but through the eyes of your child, so like, I don't care what it is to see my kids so excited about something like that. Yeah, I'll take, let's do it. Sign me up. Yeah. So I did go with my little cousin to make a droid and my God, the faces. Yeah. I was like, I want to make a droid, but I'm not paying that. But watching him do it, I was like, this is so cool. Do you need any help? And he's like, no. And then I was like, okay, like I'll just wait here. And then he's like, actually, can you help me? And I was like, yes, let me help you. And it was so fun. We had a great time building a droid. Yeah. So Ed, as somebody who obviously is a far, a far, a slightly bigger fan than Kristen and Jesse, (laughs) 
Uh, what was what was your guys or what was your specific reaction rather to seeing Galaxy's Edge for the first time? And has it changed since, I guess, uh, uh, your sort of feelings on the land? Honestly, the first time walking in, I went through the tunnel. My kids went in front of me because the, the two older ones had already gone ahead of me. And they were waiting for my reaction. I had sunglasses on so they couldn't see me get teary-eyed, but I'm not going <laughs> to lie. The hair stood up on the back of my neck. Like, I had goosebumps. It was just... It was my childhood dream put in front of me. That's like so cool. you said, yeah. sounds and just the, all of it just hit. And it was like every time they drop a new preview for me, I'm like locked in, like trying to get every little detail. I didn't want to leave. Like I did not want to leave that side of the park. I was like, I am staying here till the sun goes down and they tell me I got to go. Like, I go. wanted to see every detail of everything. And yeah. I think, even now, I still walk in. I still get that feeling when I walk in. There's just something about it for me. I mean, Disney gives me that anyway, but just something about that park, walking into that part of it, just, I mean, it's like you said, you know, you, you have you have those emotions of what you have, but then at the same time, it's like you see all these other people walking in for the first time. It's like walking into Magic Kingdom and all those little kids turn the corner for the first time and see the castle. Castle. When you walk yeah. in and you've been in there, I don't care how many times you come down the steps or come around the corner and you see these people that have never seen the ship before. When they walk around and see the Falcon sitting there at life size and to see their reactions, it still gets you kind of just you're looking at them like, oh, yeah, you know, like, yeah, rookie. But, you know, it's like you still see it and feel it like it's just I yeah. don't know. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So, uh before I ever got into the Disney blogging world, I had a little YouTube channel where my wife and I would go film our girlfriend at the time. Um, this was several years ago. I used to film videos around the parks. It's called the Date Hoppers. All those videos still exist. Feel free to go check them out and laugh at me. Um, but <laughs> there's one video where we took one of my friends who's a lifelong Star Wars fan to Galaxy's Edge for the first time. And I filmed it as like a reaction video. And it ended up being probably our most popular video. And I remember him crying when he saw the Falcon. And it was, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a fully grown man. And I do still witness that on a weekly basis going to Galaxy's Edge. You know, like I see grown adults, if they're not crying, they're close to it. Or I see the wonder and like the childlike wonder in an adult's eyes. And I think that's what makes Disney special in general. We talk often about how... Walt's original vision was creating a place that is good for you. It's perfect for the three-year-old, but it's perfect for the 98-year-old. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's supposed to bring out the child in all of us. And, and you know, I think that's what, that's what makes the park so special. But it's great that now Star Wars fans have a place like that because Star Wars fans didn't have a place like that before. I mean, they had... They had, you know, star tours and it was like a little glimpse of it, but it, it's, it's tiny little, small little, yeah, little sliver. Yeah. It's yeah. a small sliver comparison into a fan of Cinderella who gets to walk into the castle. Yep. Like it, it's just it's different. Amazing. It's different in that aspect. So I think that's, what's so impressive. And it's the same credit I always give to universal with Harry Potter land, because I think they did an incredible job over there and Harry Potter fans. I see that same reaction. Whenever I go to universal, I see first time visitors all the time and they see like Hogwarts or they see Diagon Alley for the first time. And they're like, what am I looking at? And it just blows their minds. And that's, that's, that's what you call in our industry. It's what we call magic. But beyond that, obviously I do want to mention a little bit about more like in-depth guide into galaxy's edge so allow me to ramble and rant for a quick hot second <laughs> and then i'm going to get out your notebooks everyone yeah. it's the history and then, and then i'm going to ask uh chris and jesse and ed their favorite parts of galaxy's edge specifically um so for me uh, let me do a quick quick guide to galaxy's edge <laughs> so there's two primary attractions at galaxy's edge you got millennium falcon smugglers run which allows you to pilot the Millennium Falcon, go inside of the Millennium Falcon. It's a special experience for Star Wars fans. I'll never forget walking into the Falcon for the first time. Blew my mind. Um, the ride itself, in my opinion, isn't anything overly special. I do think it's cool to experience being a pilot just because you get to 
fly it, you know, it's and kind you get of like Star it. Tours. Yeah, I mean, you get yeah. it, it. Kind of is. It's, it's, sure. it's more interactive. You're in control. Yeah, you're more in control. Yeah, the ride itself. Ed and I have talked about this. Is more cool, just like the atmosphere and going into the queue yeah. and everything yeah. like yeah. that. That's more special than the actual ride itself, in my opinion. But either way, kids love it and. Please do experience this attraction if you've never have. So Rise of the Resistant is the more mind-blowing attraction. This is the attraction that is not just like e-ticket. This is like top-tier attraction at Walt Disney World. It's usually a must-do. Um, and if you're a Star Wars fan, it's an absolute must-do. It doesn't matter if it's two-hour wait. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're in Hollywood Studios for one day, you have to go on this. It is incredible. The first time I went on that attraction, I don't know about you, Ed, but the first time I went on there... I literally like it almost reinvented the wheel on what a theme park ride could be for me because you're not just on the ride. You're like thrown into the experience of it all, um, which I guess is why people do like the Star Cruiser. But you're thrown into it where you're like, okay, hey, follow Poe. You're in this mission. Open this door. You're all of a sudden you're with the bad guys. You got to go down this hall, jump on the ship. Good luck. Like it's it's crazy. <laughs> like it, And then, you know, to to see these like exact replica size versions of like ATATs and I know Kristen and Jesse are just like what what is it talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. But at <laughs> either way, I just think it's revolutionary. So real quick, that's my tangent on Rise of the Resistance. You gotta experience it. Let's jump into shopping real quick. There is shopping here at Galaxy's Edge. If you walk into the main marketplace, there's multiple places to shop. Um, different little shops for, you know, whether you're looking for a little stuffed animal or a you know, a shirt or anything in between. Beyond that, of course, you can continue walking to Doc Undars, which is just an absolute haven for all Star Wars Easter eggs. Just literally spend like 10 minutes looking around and see how many Easter eggs you can spot. But it's also where you can buy the legacy lightsabers. Um, dining at Galaxy's Edge, we're going to get into that because, you know, when I told Kristen and Jesse, hey, name your favorite things about Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> It's the least surprising thing in the world that food. they were probably and drink. they're going to talk about food and drinks. <laughs> Anyways, uh, basically there are a few dining options here. For example, Docking Bay Seven. That's more of your quick service. It is super good quick service, I will say. So good. Um, the other option, obviously, you have Ronto Roasters. I love the Ronto Roaster wrap in the Same. morning, and then of course the main event, which is Oka's Cantina, which is literally a Star Wars cantina. I mean, you can't get anything better than that. So that's my quick guide. Did I miss anything? I know uh, i'll let ed talk about like build your own uh lightsaber and droid yeah no no i didn't miss the milk the milk isn't good ed so let's talk about (laughs) you have to (laughs) mix the blue milk and the green milk together and then it's not bad that's my pro tip with the milk you mix yeah (sighs) a cast member told me i've never tried them yeah a cast member told me that like a really long time ago they were like yeah individually they're not yeah. great but if you mix them like that's the mix sweet spot so yeah. now whenever i go like we get one of each and then we ask for like two extra cups and then like we just yep. mix them together never mm-hmm. tried them mixed i've had them individually okay, so next time we go not we'll mixed. do it mixed jesse okay yeah mi- mixed is a little bit different yeah. flavor i think that kind of more people enjoy than just the separate it's it's weird but it works yeah i think disney tried to come up with their version of butter beer yeah. which is extremely popular it's exactly what person. they did <laughs> and i'm not saying not the they same. failed miserably but they definitely missed the mark on that i mean yeah. it's not their fault Look, the cold the cold brew now the cold brew is a mm. better option half, yeah oh, that, yeah. people skip over that one a lot yeah we're gonna spend the next hour talking about the cold brew <laughs> So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but in all seriousness, we are going to talk about the cold that's brew. That's part you guys two of the understand. show is just the cold um, brew. <laughs> no, so that's like a quick guide. But Ed, for our fans out there, can you briefly summarize and explain how the build a lightsaber and build a droid process works? All right. For Sabi's, for the lightsabers, um, that's an experience you got to book way in advance. You got to be ready to go like at midnight when that thing opens up 60 days out. Um, but you, once you check in, they'll give you a card, you choose your side of which type you want. Um, they give you four options to choose from and they'll put you in a little waiting room, but you go in the experience. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but you're, you're in the movie. Like you feel like you're part of the universe when you come into that room. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's probably one of the coolest things I can say as a fan I've ever done. When anybody ever asks me, is it worth it? If you're a fan, yes. Is it worth it just to do it, just to say you did it once? Maybe, maybe not. Just depends on how much into Star Wars you are. Go with but, somebody else. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, you can have a guest. Yeah. So if you can find somebody that's a fan that says, hey, you want to go with me, and you're not really a fan, then just go with them to at least videotape it for them, experience it, yeah, and see it. Because it is a fun experience. Um, yeah. They keep it. They keep that one kind of closed doors. It's a small space, so it's very limited on how many people you can get in there. Um, Whereas with the droid, the droid, you can go see. You can walk right into Droid Depot. You can see what they're building. You can see what they're doing. Um, You can see usually them, they're 60 days out too, but they tend to have more walk-ups because they go a little bit faster. Yeah, we've walked up. Um, Having kids that are fickle, we've walked up and they've been able to take us. Exactly. Yeah. I walked up with that my cousin one, and yeah, we got right in. That one, they're usually pretty more, I guess, open about it. Letting yeah. people just come in. Savvy's, no. they're not. So yeah, if anybody no. listening, you want to get in there, you want to make a reservation as yes. soon as you can. If you think you even want to do it, get the reservation just so you know you have it. Because yeah, they go quickly. Yeah. And especially now that they just changed all their hilts to new ones, more and more people are going back again because they want to have them all kind of like, collecting pokemon i guess they like want to have you. all versions of the hills <laughs> yeah it's talking about you know. people in general but he, he really means people yeah, he, <laughs> Ed. yeah he's talking about himself we know what's going on here so no, my 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 sabers are more from doc ondars that's where my obsession is Those yeah, are and that is an important distinction for our fans out there if you want a legacy saber which is essentially one of the character sabers and it's exactly it's high quality uh you can go to doc ondars and get that so real quick i want to move on to no, it, it's it, you know Ed, Ed. You know what? Sure, Ed. It, bring us an example for our our viewers. Um, <laughs> for the viewer. So for Kristen and Jesse, saber, saber. For Kristen and Jesse. Ooh. Oh, here we go. Yeah. This one's actually yellow. What's you know who this is? This is Ray. No, I thought they were only red no, and that's blue. Not red. That's Cal Kestis. Nope. I didn't know they were yellow either. I this like the a, yellow. Ventress. This was Ventress. Ventress when he was the Jedi, the Jedi Temple. Oh, cool. That's cool. But what, what's <laughs> but what's funny is I have one for the exact same hilt, but it's turned red because of the fact that it was another character had it later. There you go. So, you know, honestly, I know, I know for our listeners, they're like, "What are you guys talking about?" I can't see. That. <laughs> there but, are people so that let's, know. We just are not. There yeah. are. It's we true. Are not them. So. To jump yeah. into our last few topics before we wrap up this episode, um, I do want to talk about everybody's favorite thing to see, do, try when you go to Galaxy's Edge. Um, so, Chris and Jesse, what what comes to mind for you guys when you're visiting Galaxy's Edge? And and you know, even though you're not a massive Star Wars fan, like what are your favorite aspects of the land? Things to do, things to eat, things to drink, anything like that? Yeah. So I will say if I am planning to go to Hollywood Studios and I plan in advance, I want to go to Oga's because it's just such a cool atmosphere. The drinks are awesome. I'm not a huge drinker, but they have non-alcoholic beverages as well. And they look just as cool as the alcoholic beverages. And then you have like some fun DJ music in there. The cast members are amazing. They're all in character. Um, So that's a really fun thing. You can get a reservation. Sometimes they accept walk-ups as well. Um, but it's very hit or miss. Sometimes it's really busy and sometimes it's not. So if I'm planning on going, that is somewhere that I'm like, oh, okay, like let me try to make a reservation. Um, so that's kind of one for me. And then we were talking earlier, but I love their food in Star Wars. Like Galaxy's Edge has awesome food. Docking Bay 7, I know it's a quick service, but they have the best. It's called the Tip Yip. It's the fried chicken and it has veggies and homemade mac and cheese. And it is my favorite meal in all of Hollywood studios. So whenever I'm in Hollywood studios, I will literally look forward to that and be like, do I want chicken and mac and cheese and veggies today? Because it's just, it's the perfect mix of like healthy and non-healthy and cuddly. And I just want to like squish it, you know? Um, So those are like my favorite two things galaxies edge wise and then the details i mean like we were saying the sprite bottles like they're so cool the soda bottles yeah, are just so water. neat 
Yeah. And whenever I walk in, it's like, wait a second, they have different bottles. Like I'm not yeah. a huge soda drinker, but I had to get one because hello, they're so yeah. neat. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think um, my favorite things are similar to Jesse's. I liked, this is not really so true anymore, but they have that bottle refill station over there by the bathrooms. Now when Galaxy's yes. is open, that was like one of the first ones. And that was like, now they're you're finding them more and more. They're installing them. But at the time that was yeah. like, yeah. I can fill my water and it's cold. It was like the best. Um, it was yeah. a big deal. I love the food. I love the drinks. There's like um, a drink there that I always get when we're like on a family trip. It's the Surly Sarlacc and it's just so good. Um, I like the Ronto wraps. The Black Calf is so good. The food is- Ooh, Cat Saka's yeah. Outpost Popcorn. All of it is really good. So good. I like um, the Droid Depot because again, my son's super into droids. So like- he, yeah. My daughter had done it before because uh, she's a little bit older. So he finally did it for the first time last year. We're going back for a little family staycation in June. And I think despite the hefty price tag, we both we might have them do it again just because it's such, like they just yeah. love it. And it's like not I really like as a parent to any time. OK, fine. Merchandise like you kind of can't get out of Disney when you have kids without buying Ed, you're a parent, you know, maybe the rest of you don't, but like you really can't get out of there without like stuff. So anytime it's like more of an interactive experience and you could take the pictures of them doing it and kind of have that memory attached to that thing and not just like, okay, here's another stuffed animal. Here's another this, here's another that, like it's the experience of it. And then they can kind of take it over to that little play area and play with it for a while. And you know, kids are just so happy doing that stuff and so proud to show it off to like the other kids that are there. And by kids, I mean adults as well. So it's, you know, that I really love is there's more of that like interactive (laughs) element to some of that merchandise. And now we haven't done it yet, but we'll probably do it as a family is like the the bounty hunter thing with the magic band plus there. That's Mm. a newer addition. So um, just, yeah. And just the, the theming is great. I also I love that little interactive area where they're where they're playing with their droids and then like yeah. above them like Chewie can pop up and be like yeah. and it's so cute. I was like I've seen kids like playing and all of a sudden they hear his, you know, grr thing that he does yeah. and they're just like what? Yeah. <laughs> I was it's so funny. I was there the other day the kids were playing and all of a sudden Chewie was up top and then Ray <laughs> appears down at the bottom beside them leaning over the little fence and she's talking to these two kids about their droid what they named it it that and you know just she was having this whole conversation and just the the look in the kids eyes just sitting there talking to ray was just you know you just see the parents videotaping it like oh my god like they were they were so quickly like you know recording it because you're not going to get that again. That, that reaction no. is not going to come back, but you, you're going to no. remember it forever. And that's the thing. That merchandise is coming home with you, but like it's coming with the yep. story. And that's what I think is like, yeah. it's just, it's, it's so different than like, here's another keychain. Like, here's like, yeah. it's so yeah. much better. And I mean, the cool thing, the cool thing with the droids too, is they interact with each other. So you can give them different personalities and you can keep playing with them over and over. It's, I mean, my hilts are fun for me. I mean, I hang them on the wall. They're cool to look at, but I mean, honestly, I mean, the droids, they have so much more to give, at least for kids, yeah. you yeah. know, especially. Yeah, mine do play with them, you know, so. I love it. So, so cute. Before we wrap up this episode, because I'm not going to ask Ed and I that question because it's kind of unfair <laughs> because we just love everything. We'll be here for so like Give us your hours. top, yeah. the top one thing. Do you have a top yeah. one? Yeah, I, I I do have a top one. It's very simple, actually. So when I was a kid, I used to love going on rides, and I still do. I still enjoy them, but I don't care as much now that I'm an adult. I just, you know, I'm in my late twenties, and some of the rides like make my head spin. Some of them, yeah. I, you know, I just, I don't. I feel that it, it's not as important for me when you're a local and you go to Disney all the time. You start to learn other things about the parks that you love, like walking around or certain atmospheres, food, drinks, whatever. So for me. There's nothing quite better than going to Galaxy's Edge in the morning, getting a cold brew, black calf, which in my opinion is the best coffee at Disney. For those of you listening who don't know what it is, it's a cold brew coffee topped with basically cheese mousse foam and cocoa puffs. It is, it's just incredible. It tastes like a dessert. So you're grabbing one of those and then walking down the steps and just like slowly walking around the Falcon as a star Wars fan. That's all I need. Like I don't need to go on a big ride. 
I got my best, my favorite coffee at Disney. I got views of something that eight-year-old Jared's brain would just clean melt off. And I would, I get to just enjoy that like atmosphere because I know 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, wherever I am in the world, I know I'll miss being able to just do that on a random day. So that's, that's for me that what, what makes Galaxy's Edge so special, what I love most about it is purely that. And, and then I'll turn this over to Ed in a second, but my final comments on this whole episode, really, I do want to give a shout out to, you know, I know we, we, we're not famous. Okay. We don't, we don't have (laughs) tens of hundreds of thousands of listeners, maybe someday, but I'd be remiss if I didn't say thank you to George Lucas, to, to Disney, to everybody. Um, and I know uh, to our listener out there, just, just bear with me. I just want to say thank you for, for truly like creating all this because the Imagineers, what they do and what they have done for us, putting together a land like this, it's, it's dramatically changes someone's life because there's kids out there who've been to galaxy's edge who talk about it to their parents every single day. I guarantee it. Um, and beyond that, like star Wars is not just a fandom for many of us for, for Ed and I, it's, it's everything. I mean, for Ed, it's his entire design for his room, but for, for others, it's, and my closet. Yeah, and his closet. But and your me, outfit attire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we're wearing hats and shirts. But when I was, yeah, I, I still I have such fond memories of watching the Star Wars films with my mother, who I don't get to see all that often. So that always makes me smile. And she grew up watching him, and she describes herself as an '80s tomboy who used to collect Star Wars cards and stuff. So it's funny, just like it, it's timeless to me. So I, that's cool. I just want all of our Star Wars fans and listeners out there to please do experience these things at Disney because it's incredible. They're magical. And even if you're not a Star Wars fan, it's worth checking all this stuff out. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So, so Ed, for you, um, final comments on this episode. And uh, first, I guess your favorite thing at Galaxy's Edge, but final comments on this episode as a huge Star Wars fan. Why does Star Wars mean a lot to you? And then we're going to wrap up. For me... It's just the memories in general of it all. I mean, it goes all the way back to being a kid. I mean, yeah, I'm going to show my age. I'm old enough to remember seeing Star Wars in a drive-thru, sitting on the top, and yeah, I was that small, sitting on the top of my mom's car watching it. And I mean, for me, Boba Fett, obviously, was the big thing for me. I mean, with the whole Mando thing. So that coming back now is just amazing. The fact that I can now walk around and people recognize what it is on my hat and the tattoo that I have. it It's not just, you know, for the longest time, people thought it was the Texas tattoo of, you know, <laughs> tell me hook them horns. I'm like, what? You're like, huh? But now it's recognized. I mean, I've, you know, it is what it is. But I mean, like to go on what Jared said, it's true with everything now. I mean, without without them merging, I think, with Disney and doing what they did and being, you know, giving them the rights and bringing them people like Dave Filoni to do stuff. I don't think we'd have this conversation right now. I mean, I think it would have became a thing as far as Disney had the merch, Disney had this, but turning the entire universe into its own thing like they have now is just amazing to watch. Um, it is, especially, especially for kids um, and, yeah. and adults who are still kids like Ed and I. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah. But shout out to Jesse and Kristen for bearing with us during this episode. Um, we're going to have future. We, we can hold yeah. our own. Yeah. We'll you know, have some fu- I'm stuff. sure we'll have future. And, yeah. And, and Jesse brought up something about props earlier. So just, Yeah. Props. But <laughs> do, you, do, you see who that, do you see who that is? <laughs> George Lucas <laughs> says it on there. <laughs> yeah, that was a figure that they had made especially for oh. him, putting him in Stormtrooper outfit. That's, That's so cool. Fun. And yeah. they finally released it to the public, but they you made were like mine. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I don't need to pay my mortgage. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, when it uh, came up, actually, it was, actually, it was on Amazon yeah. as a pre order for like 30 bucks like, nice. when it came out. Your I don't even want to know what it is now. It's okay, Ed. The first stage is acceptance, and we're here for you. 
Um, <laughs> thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in this week. We hope you had fun with us. Uh, please do celebrate Star Wars Day and Star Wars Month. Um, if you are as big of a fan as, as we are, um, some of us. And regardless, hey. <laughs> please do venture over to Galaxy's Edge, to Star Tours, to Launch Bay, to the Holocron. Check out some of the amazing, amazing experiences that Disney and Star Wars have to offer you. Because even if you're not a huge fan, it's still incredible to see. Mm -hmm. um, and if anything else, there's a cheese foam cold brew with Cocoa Puffs. And that's all you need. Absolutely. So uh, thank you all. Thank you all, as always. Y'all are sleeping on the breakfast wrap, man. Hey, I love the breakfast wrap. Yeah. We said that. But, but yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode. If you'd like to see more Mickey Blog or listen to more Mickey Blog episodes, definitely continue to tune in. New episodes do drop weekly every Friday on whatever platform works best for you. And you can watch every episode on YouTube. To support Mickey Blog further, of course, check us out on the website or the blog, rather, and check us out all over social media where we are on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter and Facebook and more. So check us out everywhere. We hope you had a wonderful episode along with us today and uh, have a magical rest of your day. Bye. Thanks guys. Bye.